0: him. Hello, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number 19. And I'm so glad you've chosen to tune in today as our pastor, Bill Rogers, shares a message called Sitting in a Good Place. I hope today, as you're sitting in your good place, that you are blessed by this message that it encourages you, lifts you up, and causes you to live a life more after the things of God. Now enjoy. You have your Bibles this morning and you want to turn with me. These scriptures will be on the overhead. I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I just thought it's kind of. I'm in the restroom and this thought comes to me. You're sitting in a good place. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Paul writing said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith In the Son of God, King James says, of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There's two powerful secrets, or two secrets to the powerful Christian life. One of them is that word for me and then in me. For me is the foundation of our faith. Jesus died in our place. He died for me. That's the beginning of our faith. Our faith, our Christian life is established on that fact, that he died for me. But you see, for me is really not enough. For me just gets me in the door. Then there's this life of in me. Our life source is Jesus living in me. I can't stop with for me. I have to let him live in me. John 14, Jesus said, I and my Father and you and me and I in you. Realizing Christ is in me, causes me to live the blessed life to the glory of the Father. Jesus' life on earth continues as we allow him to live in us. I me mean, say amen. amen. I have access to the throne of God because I'm in him. We give him access, you say God can go wherever he wants to. He gave the earth over to you and I. What's happening on this earth? Now, let me touch on a a line here that we say a lot, we hear a lot. God's in control. He is. I don't doubt that. But I can tell you if he was in complete control of my life and your life and everybody else's life on this earth, we wouldn't have the corruption going on in this earth that's going on we would not have taken the lives of 64 million unborn babies. We would not have the problems that we have, even economical problems. We wouldn't have those problems if we were totally surrendered to God. I mean, say amen. We would have no relational relationship problems if we were totally surrendered to God. I mean, say amen. So back to Galatians 2:20 I'm crucified with Christ that speaks of my union with him Christ lives in me that speaks of my position my state of being my state of mind we talk about being in the spirit it's, it's, it's my position. Christ lives in me. And he gave himself for me, which says he is a representative on my behalf. Now, I want to talk about those three words. You think about other scriptures. Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. If, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I just think that's kind of neat the way if you're raised with him, verse 1 and and your life is hidden with him in God, then you will appear with him in glory. Thank God for that. With him. And then in him, I think of the scripture in John chapter 15, 4 abide in me and I in you. Jesus is saying, abide in me and I'll abide in you. In other words, Stand fast in your position. Maintain your position. Don't be moved out of your position. I'll talk more about this later, but the way we get moved out of our position is we get lied to by the enemy. It's the deceitfulness, the lies of the enemy that moves me out of my position. How many know that you're in Christ? How many would admit maybe this past week or month or sometime, not too long ago, you didn't really feel like you were in Christ? Anybody ever felt like you weren't really there? Amen? See, when I don't feel like it, that's when I need to be sure and remind myself and start declaring, I am in Him. This stuff that's going on, this torment, this mind game the enemy's playing with me it's all over with because I declare I am in him I begin to declare I have the mind of Christ I'm thinking really Bill oh yeah really (laughs) really and if you start declaring that it's amazing how what happens is you weren't really ever moved out of your position but you thought you were and so all of a sudden you remember now no I'm really not this is where I am only way to live a victorious life Abide in me and I in you. John 2, 2, the word for. He is the propitiation or atonement for our sins. And not just for our sins, that scripture goes on and says, but for the whole world. Many people receive what he has done for them, for us, but they don't allow him to live in them. Therefore, they don't realize he is constantly with them. With them. Through him, we have access to God's throne. Through us, he has access to the earth. Again, if we don't like what's going on on this earth, we need to fully, more fully surrender our life to him and encourage others to do that also. Now, this scripture in in Galatians two twenty is is actually this is Paul speaking to Peter. There had been a confrontation, and so I think maybe perhaps uh, Peter is more or less saying, indicating that this comes because of the law. If you look at verse verse uh, nineteen of Galatians two. He talks about, for if I build again those things which I destroyed, I'm sorry, 19, for though the law died, they're they're debating the law. They're actually debating on whether Gentiles can be saved or not, can be children of God. Peter was okay with the Gentiles until some of his Jewish brothers come along, and so he wants to kind of leave them, and he don't want them to be judging him because he's hanging out with these Gentiles. And and Paul is re- just reminding him, it's not the law, the Jewish law, the law that the Jews say they live by. That's not what brings you to righteousness anyway. Then he goes on and says, I am crucified with Christ. King J- James, I like it. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I don't need the law. The law brought me, made me understand my need for Christ but the law never brought me righteousness. Jesus brought me righteousness. How many can say amen? amen. So I'm, I'm crucified. He, he began to make those declarations. Another important point I want to make is that you and I, you and I make declarations in life daily. We make declarations. We say things. Doesn't mean we go around quoting scripture all the time. But we make certain declarations. Oh me, oh my, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you really think, do you really think that a dead person really cares what's going on with the Super Bowl tonight? Do you really think that a dead person cares about all the Hatefulness that's going on in politics. Do you really think a dead person cares about that? Amen. Now I care because I care about people. I love God and I want to see godliness and holiness lived out in my life and on this earth. Because again, the world will be a lot better. I mean, say amen. But you see, we start we make declarations. Oh me, oh my. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I'm going to go on and talk about being seated with Christ. Do you, think, do you think that any of the kings of this earth, do you think they're worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink? Do you think they're concerned about that? No, they're not. They're not. And I can tell you that you and I live so far below our privileges and where we ought to be simply because we forget who we are and where we're seated and who we're seated with, more importantly. Back to Colossians, look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 says, you were, we were circumcised with Christ, 12, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who were raised, who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, fourteen and wiped out all the handwriting of requirements that were against you. That's that's where we are. Then look at look back at at uh, verse or chapter 3 again and you were raised with Christ and if you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things of the on the earth set your mind set your mind I love the passion translation fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. If I set my mind, if I fill my thoughts with heavenly realities, I begin to realize who I am in Christ. I begin to realize that I'm seated far above all of the stuff going on. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Do you know know that you are ruler of your life? You rule and reign over your life. Where you are right now is because of the decisions and the declarations you have made. I declare. Come on, the old song says, I declare, I decree, Jesus is my Lord. He's Lord over me. I mean, say amen. So, we have been crucified with him. We've been raised with him. Now we are seated with him. We're sitting in a good place. Sitting in a good place. We, 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 we've been raised with him. We we're crucified with him. We were raised with him. We were seated with him. Ephesians 2, 6. He has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places. We were raised up. And I want you to understand that we were there. That, you know, the Word of God talks about Isaac being in the loins of Abraham. He paid tithes because he was in the loins of Abraham. In the loins, spiritually speaking, of Jesus, we were there when he went to hell. We were there when, look at look at Colossians 2.15, having spoiled principalities, New King James says disarmed. We were there when he disarmed those principalities. We were there when he spoiled them. We were part of the victory march. Well, what would happen in these wars that these kings had? They would go out against another king, and they would they would destroy their armies. They would take them captive, and they would march back into their city, back home, and all of the prisoners came with them, and all the victorious. Soldiers were marching around them. And then also, there was all of this stuff. All of this stuff. You know what spoiled means? It means I come and take your stuff, destroy your weapons, or take your weapons and destroy your stuff. They came back and they had this victory march. You and I were with Jesus whenever he had the victory march back to the throne of God. He's seated at the right hand of God and the word of God says you and I are seated with him far above all powers and principalities. So what is the battle? We've won the battle. We've won. The war is won. The war has been won. You and I can live in the victory of the war that's been won that he won. We won with him. But the battle is in the mind now with the enemy trying to take away what God has given to you. How many say amen? In Ephesians 6, 16, we take the shield of faith. With the shield of faith, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those fiery darts are the lies and the deception that Satan throws at us. Brother Jan Venner said to us a few weeks ago, he preached here and he said, we are different. We are different, right. How many would admit we are different? We're in the world. We're not of the world. We are in this world, but we should not be living like the world. We should not be living a defeated life. We're already victorious. We have the advantage We're seated in an in an advantageous place. I mean, say amen. And again, the war is won, but there's this there's this battle going on, and so we must keep up the shield of faith, and we take the sword of the spirit. The devil's trying to steal. Listen, the enemy's trying to steal our victory. He works on us. He wants to take away our health. He wants to steal our children. I mean, say amen. He wants to steal our blessing. How many know that you are you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings? Everything you have you and I have need of is in Christ. In him. I mean, say amen. We need to start making declarations. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed and whole. I thank you that I walk in divine health. I'm not slamming you if you've been going through a sickness or something's going on in your body. Uh, me too. But I have to remember by his stripes I am healed. And so I start declaring I am healed and holy in Jesus' name. You have children that aren't serving God. You have family that's not serving God. Let me say, let me tell you, you need to begin to declare, they are mine, they are not your Satan. I declare in Jesus' name they're going to heaven with me. You know what you know what I say? What I say, I have a covenant with God. And what I say, some of my family may go kicking and screaming and fighting and resisting, but I'm gonna tell you right now, they're going to heaven. I mean, say amen. They're going. They may not act like it right now, but they're going. They may even tell me they don't even believe in God anymore. I can tell you, they're going to heaven. There is a hook in their jaw, and every time I pray for them, and every time I declare, and I begin to speak over their lives, I say, in Jesus' name, and I call their name out, and I say, you are coming home. You are on your way to heaven. You don't know it yet. You may be headed the other direction right now, but you are going to heaven. Satan will not steal my kids. Satan will not steal my grandkids. Satan will not now steal my great grandkids. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And I'm going to live and I'm going to live a long life and I'm going to live a high quality of life and I'm going to give the devil fits every day of my life. That's what I declare. And I declare I'm blessed of God. I have people tell me I shouldn't say that. Well, I can tell you I am. I'm blessed of God. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. The blessing of Abraham has come on me through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let me, let me just say this. You know this thought came to me. I have these wild thoughts. People talk about they had a bad day. And I look back and I think, I have never had a bad day. I have never had a bad day. I've had some bad things happen. But I can tell you, when you know you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, if you know you're in him, you won't have a bad day. I'm not saying you won't ever have any trouble. I'm just saying the end result will be I never had a bad day. Those bad days that the devil threw at me, I just learned something from them. I just learned how to rise up and just rise up over that problem And keep on trucking for Jesus. I mean, say amen. So I've not had a bad day because I'm still on my way to heaven. Satan, take your greatest punch and I can tell you I am still on my way because I am in him. And, And let me tell you, the one that I am in and he's in me defeated you hands down. You have absolutely no possibility of taking me out Because you have no, there is no possibility I'm going to lose because I am in him. And he never had a bad day and he never lost a battle. Can you shout amen? You see, again, what happens is we start talking. We start, you know, the social communications nowadays. We get to listen to all that trash there everybody and a lot of Christians even saying things about how bad things are and how desperate they are and on and on and on and, and but listen what we, what happens is we, we mentally we remove ourselves, we take ourselves out of the position that God has given us. We don't think we're there. we think and we begin to think like the world because we listen to the world. But when I, whenever I listen to God, I never, I never have a bad day. When I know where I am, I'm going to tell you, life is just one victory after another. Line upon line, precept upon precept. I can tell you, listen, we're marching for Jesus. We don't need to, we don't need to be sidetracked. We don't need to get our, our minds on again. We need to pray for this world, but I can tell you, we just need to keep marching for Him. I mean, say Amen. Living a victorious life. Tell your neighbor, I'm living a victorious life. You know, probably some of this come on because I made a couple of comments to my wife, and instantly, I don't know if you've ever done this or not. I have. I've slipped and used words I shouldn't use. A word, you know. There were some words that mama would slap us right in the mouth if we said them. I don't know who decides what's bad and what's good, but she decided some of the words that we wanted to use were bad. And so, and sometimes we think that's just awful for people to use bad language. But then we use bad language when we start talking about making negative remarks. Not remembering who we are and where we are. We're in Christ. And I, you know, it wasn't really bad what I said to Beverly. I could even say I thought it was true. But the fact of the matter was it wasn't truth. I just blurted out something from my head I let the carnal mind run wild for a little bit and I made a couple of comments and instantly it was just like <laughs> mama popping me in the mouth <laughs> The holy spirit said to me don't talk like that don't you could even say like don't use that kind of language and so a lot of this is probably my own conviction I'm preaching to you this morning but I hope it's good for you too. We take on the helmet of salvation. The helmet guards the mind. I want my mind to be guarded. Yes, come on. I'm not going to take my helmet off and let my mind be filled with the trash of this world. I'm not going to let my mind be filled with the defeat that Satan wants to bring me. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you again, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I don't think like this world. You know, some of the stuff that's going on, what I would like to do is the carnal flesh would like to do, or some people I'd like to call them up and say, Do you really think that I am that stupid to believe what you're putting out? Do you think I'm that stupid? Because if you do, you are the stupid one. You know, that's what I'd like to tell them. Of course, being the Holy Ghost-filled guy preacher that I am and pastor, you know, I'm going to be real calm and not say anything. But I am going to think it. Take the helmet of salvation. Take the sword of the Spirit. And listen, then it says, praying always. What do I do? You know, we talk about uh, constantly in prayer. Praying always, praying always, what do I do? Every thought that comes to me, I have to cast down imaginations. I have to cast down anything that's contrary to the Word of God. I have to cast it down. And then I need to begin to declare truth. First of all, to myself, tell myself, no, No, you're not going to talk like that. You're not going to act like that. You're not going to talk like that. You're going to speak the word of God. This is who you are. This is your position in life. You are in Christ. And you're not going to have a bad day. Well, somebody give me a bad time. Well, don't let them give you a bad day. They're not the one. They, nobody else, nobody else can decide what kind of life you can have. Only you can do that. And I will tell you again, if you're not happy with life, go look in the mirror. The guy in the mirror is the one that's at fault. Let me say amen. Praying always. Not begging. Not begging. You need to know what the Word of God says, and you need to begin to declare the Word of God. I'll tell you again, I'm going to continue to pray for revival. I love the song, Jonathan Stockstill song, We Need Revival. But let me tell you, if I get revived and you get revived and we come together, we'll have revival. It's like we're trying to pray it in. I understand that. I understand that thought. But see, what I need to understand is I am revival. You begin to understand you are revival. When I begin to live on Monday like I am revival, I can tell you when we come together on Sunday, we will have revival. And the lost... And the hurting of this world cannot, refute, cannot reject whenever a church gets together and has revival. A true revival from God. I mean, say amen. What do we do? Well, we sharpen our swords. We know what the Word of God says, and we say what the Word of God says. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Come on, say amen. Amen. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm blessed in Jesus' name. God's made us promise after promise after promise. We need to remind him. We need to declare his word back to him. We need to live and know that these promises are already ours. We need to expect. We don't need to expect bad things. We need to expect good things. Yes, in this world, bad things are going to happen. But I refuse to let them happen to me and let them get me down. Amen. Amen. See, God's been dealing with me about all of the great words that people I was just talking with someone this past week. All of the great words of prophecy from God that different people have given us about this church. Well, I've been saying, Lord, when's it going to happen? I understand timing with God. When's it going to happen? And it's kind of like I'm hearing back, a bounce back from him like, when are you going to let it happen? When are you going to allow, when are you going to begin to walk in it? When are you going to declare it? See, we're waiting until we see it and then we declare it. How I mean, know oh, we need to declare things before we see them? We call Thomas doubting Thomas, he, he had to see. But blessed is he that doesn't have to see, but he <clears throat> but he believes anyway. Then he will see. How I mean, say amen? Right. My living a truly victorious life is the greatest witness. I can have to this world. We talk about being witnesses. We think about years ago, I even went door to door from time to time. Talk about handing out tracts, being a witness for the Lord. Listen, the greatest witness I can be, you can be, is for me to live a victorious life in this dark world, be a light by living a victorious life. When people see, when the world sees that the things that get everybody else down doesn't get me down, that's the greatest witness I can be. When they see you laughing and smiling in the midst of the storm, that's the greatest witness you and I can be. I mean, say amen. You know, they've had a lot of religion. They've had a lot of, but they're, they're, they need somebody to show them that this word works. And to live in victory. How many can say amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank Thank you, Lord, that your word brings light to us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing of God that's ours. We are in you, and you are in us. You died for us. You live in us. We live in you. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that we are seated with you. We were crucified with you. We were raised with you. We are now seated with you. We're sitting in a good place. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. If you're in this room Let me ask you if, and you've never done this, do you need to receive and accept what he has done for you? For you. He died for you. Do You need to accept that. If you're in this room and you say, yeah, I'm there. I'm there, but I need to allow him to live in me. If you need to respond to either one of those questions, either one of those that you need to receive him because of what he's done for you, or you need to accept the fact that he's living in you, and you need to allow him to live out his life through you to this world, that's the victorious life that God wants you to have. (laughs) Well, wasn't that a great episode? If this episode has meant anything to you, if this podcast is ministering to you and speaking to you, helping you live a life more after the things of God, then we'd appreciate your financial contribution to help us continue to do this. You can go on over to our website at WLFAR.com and click on the Give tab and contribute to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. I can assure you, you will be blessed.